Welcome to the home for Bible geeks everywhere. This This is the Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. What's up, Bible geeks, and welcome to the 30th episode of The Edge. I'm your host, Scott Logan, and this week we're going to continue talking about trials and the testing of our faith. Now, guys, as I'm talking to you right now, my right forearm is cramping like crazy. The reason why is because I've decided to beat my body into shape and take control over my addiction to food. I told you on last week's show that my dad had ended up in the hospital for what looked like a cardiac event. And even though his heart turned out to be okay, there were plenty of warning signs for him to kick into gear a healthier lifestyle. And then the doctor looked at me and said that I would have this to look forward to when I'm his age. Well, that was really what I needed. I've been looking for one final slap of motivation to turn on my iron will to get super healthy and never look back. Well, it's been just over a week now, and so far I've lost six pounds, I've eaten zero junk food, and I've been exercising every day. Now, last night, I went out and played some basketball with my friend Josh to get some cardio exercise going, and we played into the late hours of the night. The problem uh, with being out of shape is that it makes the first steps of this journey very difficult and a little painful, or sometimes really painful. My legs, my back, my basketball shooting arm, all cramped up, Uh, but my body feels lighter, my spirits are high, I feel like that was a win, and I'm excited for these changes. I'm looking forward to getting back into shape and being able to handle a lot more. I need to, uh, because I've got a two-year-old that's going to keep me running all throughout my 40s. Anyway, last week we started James chapter 1 and read verses 1 through 11, and if you missed it, then I recommend stopping this and going back and listening to get caught up. This week, we're going to pick it up in verses 12 to 18, so let's get started and just dive right in this week. James chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. Blessed is a man who endures trials, because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that he has promised Uh, He, speaking of God, has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. For God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dearly loved brothers. Every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him, there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. By his own choice, he gave us a new birth by the message of truth so that we would be the first fruits of his creatures. Last week, when we covered verses 1 to 11, we saw the theme of James telling us that the testing of our faith had a purpose. The main purpose being for us to be able to gauge our spirituality. It's not so God can find out. He already knows. He's sovereign. These trials are for us to be able to see where we need to grow and also how far we've come. Now, he switches gears a little, uh, starting in verse 12, and James says that not only is there a purpose, but now he's saying that there's a profit. He says in verse 12, 
Blessed is a man who endures trials. The word for blessed is the same word that Jesus uses in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and it means to make large or to be happy. The word for endure means to bear up courageously and generally uh, under suffering. It's a word that has a lot to do with waiting under suffering. So again, verse 12, blessed is a man who endures trials because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that he, being God, has promised to those who love him. James uses a reference to the Olympic Games here when he says, because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that he has promised to those who love him. The word for crown is Stephanos, and Stephanos was the crown of triumph that was given to a winner in the Olympic Games back then. Uh, the Olympics were big in Palestine during the time of Herod the Great. They were even held in Jerusalem itself. Another reference to this crown of life is found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, with the promise to the persecuted saints in Smyrna when he said, Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will have affliction for 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. You know what's awesome about this? When James says in verse 12, receive the crown of life that he has promised to those who love him, that's all it takes, guys. There is no magic formula to receiving the crown of life other than just loving Jesus. There are religions all over the world that focus on formulaic approaches to gaining God's or their God's favor. There are branches of the Christian church who unfortunately live their lives in nonstop bondage because they keep trying to legalistically gain God's favor. What are we actually told to do? Love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Granted, that's an umbrella that covers all kinds of behavioral changes in what we do, but everything we do in obedience to God is a response to the love affair that we have with him. Verse 13, no one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. For God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. It is super common for us to push the blame elsewhere for the bad decisions we make and the bad behavior we do. I remember as a kid often getting other kids in class in trouble for something I did. And generally, I was pretty well behaved uh, as a student, which is why if I did do something really stupid, uh, I would blame the other kids and the teachers would generally believe me because they wouldn't believe that I was somebody who would do something really stupid. Uh, but, you know, it carries into adulthood, too. I mean, how often do you hear things similar to, you know, I'm in jail because my dad was an alcoholic? That mentality goes all the way back to Adam in the fall. Eve blamed the serpent, and then Adam had the nerve to blame Eve and God. He said, the woman you gave to be with me, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. The fact is that temptation will come from all different types of sources. It comes from Satan, our society, our friends, our families, pop culture, TV and radio ads, and even from ourselves. But temptation is never from God. It can't be because God is holy. 
sin and temptation isn't anywhere to be found in God's nature. It would never even occur to him to do so. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 says, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Speaking of God. Yes, God tests us by allowing temptation to happen, but he does so to bring out the good in us. Satan wants to actually do the tempting for the purpose of bringing out the bad. That's what happened to Job. Satan was trying to cause Job to curse God, and God was just refining his beloved Job. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our friend Todd Nettleton over at Voice of the Martyrs Radio. But when we come back, we're going to pick it up in verse 14, so don't go away. Join the conversation. Use hashtag BibleGeek and follow us on Twitter at EdgePodcast1. This is The Edge with Scott Logan. Hi, I'm Todd Nettleton, and this is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. The communist police in Laos had one unwritten code. Anyone evangelizing to the Camus would be killed. When Lu continued to preach Christ, he was shackled, then thrown into a pit. To free him, 100 Christians would have to renounce their faith, but not even one would recant. Then, one arresting officer's son was injured and his other son fell gravely ill. A policeman who'd beaten Christians died of a heart attack. Afraid, police released Lu and dared not threaten the other believers. After this, Camus believers grew from 100 faithful Christians to 700. Pray that whenever fear threatens to diminish the gospel, it will multiply instead. I will not let my brothers and sisters suffer in silence. Nor will I let them serve alone. To join me in prayer for persecuted Christians, go to vomradio.net. You're listening to the home for Bible geeks everywhere. This is The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. Welcome back. May I share with you a pet peeve real quickly? I'm a YouTuber. We use it for this show, and more importantly, my main channel on YouTube is our family vlog, uh, which is where we put a lot of our attention, and we've been intentionally trying to grow that channel, and it's actually just started becoming a very small supplement to our income. So I'm very thankful for YouTube. It's become a big part of our family. But as a parent who has a kid who on occasion likes to watch toy reviews and those awful and annoying baby alive toy videos, one of my pet peeves is that the ads that pop up are not at all in the same vein as the video she's watching. Now, try not to get offended, but I'm a fan of scary movies. I like psychological scary movies and some of the some of the creepy ghosty ones, but I don't want their ads popping up while my kid is watching Elmo's World. Because YouTube doesn't yet have a good system to match advertisers with content creators, you get a lot of mismatched ads on videos, which has actually led to something called the adpocalypse, where huge advertisers have pulled their money from YouTube. Yesterday, Ellie was watching one of her videos during breakfast when in the middle of the video popped up a movie trailer for the new remake of Stephen King's It. Now, if you don't know what It is, It is, like I said, based on a book by Stephen King, but also a remake of a TV movie in the 1980s about a killer clown named Pennywise who came out of hibernation like once every 30 years to terrorize children. Now, 
that was a 1980s version of Pennywise, which, while still having scary elements, was portrayed in some aspects as lighthearted and funny. He acted like Bugs Bunny went off the deep end and became a psycho and dressed like a clown. Kiss me, fat boy! <laughs> the new Pennywise that Ellie started getting introduced to is not nearly as bubbly. The new It is a rated R movie that is much more reflective of new modern horror movies and the way that they're filmed. It is far more darker, and this Pennywise the Clown popped up in the middle of a Snack and Sarah Baby Alive video. I made the mad dash for the remote, but of course this particular ad didn't feature a skip option, so I just shut the TV off to the sounds of Ellie going, No! Snack and Sarah! Anyway... That's my rant, and I'm sticking to it. But, where were we? Continuing on in James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says, But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Now, James is talking about the phases of the cycle of the life for a sinful behavior that we are responsible to control. Verses 14 and 15 are a sin's life cycle. If Satan is the father of sin, lust is the mother. Satan sows a thought through any of the snares that we mentioned earlier. Who knows? Maybe a YouTube ad. And then lust responds to it. That's what the word desire means. It means lust. For those who struggle with pornography, it could be a pop-up ad on the internet. For those who struggle with alcohol addiction, it could be a beer commercial. For those who struggle with coveting, it could be the next display at Best Buy with that device you just gotta have. But the fact is that when those two get together, the temptation and the lust, the situation to breed sin is ripe. That happens when the will gets involved. Once your will responds, lust now has a bun in the oven, and it's a sin baby. He says, verse 15, Then after desire, lust, has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. James says when sin is fully grown, sin doesn't just stay stagnant. It grows. Sin gateways to more sin, and it brings death. Death of character and death uh, of integrity, death of healthy relationships, physical death. But James says that this cycle starts when we are drawn away. So that's why we need to keep our guards up and stay close to the Lord at all times. James is going to spend the rest of chapter 1 telling us how to avoid this cycle. Verse 16, Don't be deceived, my dearly loved brothers. As a whole, sin is surrounded by deception. The serpent deceived in the garden. Uh, when we give in to sin in our lives, we are by action buying into the deception that whatever it is we're doing is better than what the Lord has for us. Sin is surrounded with deception. Verse 17, every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him, there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. James calls God the Father of lights as a way to just 
bring out God's glory as the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. He is so big that he is the father of those lights, and all that is good in our lives comes from him. He is the source of all good. He says, with him there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. Some say that this might be a reference to a sundial, which was a device that measured time, like a clock, or it just may be a reference to the sun itself. But the idea being conveyed is that God doesn't move and change like the sun. When the sun goes down, it creates long shadows. James is saying that God doesn't do that. God stays and doesn't change. He just is. And in his goodness, verse 18, by his own choice, he gave us a new birth by the message of truth so that we would be the first fruits of his creatures. By his choice, by his will, and by his sacrifice, we were given new life and a relationship with God so that we would be placed on exhibit to give him all glory as Jesus's church for eternity. Next week, we're going to carry on in looking at how to stay away from that cycle of sin that we were just talking about today. And hopefully we'll finish chapter one up next week. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap things up when we come back. Don't go away just yet. The show's not over. Where truth and entertainment are BFFs. The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan is a proud partner of JesusFreakHideout.com. JesusFreakHideout.com is one of the world's largest Christian music online resources. Featuring music news, videos, album release dates, album reviews, artist interviews, devotionals, and a lot more. The goal is simple, to bring the latest and greatest in Christian music to the internet masses and beyond. For more information, visit www.jesusfreakhideout.com. This is the place where awesome lives. Turn that up. The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. Did you know the average age of someone who plays video games is 31 years old? In fact, more gamers are over the age of 36 than between the ages of 18 to 35 or under the age of 18. The video game market is huge, and it's not widely discussed in Christian talk radio unless it's being attacked as the reason why kids make bad decisions. But the truth is that 53% of American adults are gamers. As an industry, in many to most cases, the video game industry has surpassed Hollywood. Video games are clearly a fixture in most people's lives, and to my great joy, we're going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks on the Edge podcast. Christianity and video games. As a gamer myself, I can't wait. That's going to be in a couple of weeks. Next week, we're going to aim to finish chapter one of James. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week, guys. If you want more information on The Edge Podcast, please visit our website, theedgepodcast.com. All my social links are in the top right corner of the homepage. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at edgepodcast1. How do we overcome the life cycle of a sin? That's next week. I'll see you guys.
You've been listening to The Edge Podcast with Scott Logan. Visit the website www.theedgepodcast.com for a complete list of episodes, blogs, merchandise, and more. And above all else, live on the edge.